You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about the overuse of labels. This week we read, Let's Stop Calling Each Other Narcissist, published in Psychology Today 2023. Um, Heather, so this we're talking about the overuse of lots of kinds of labels, but our article is about narcissism. Right. Um, So the first point that the article makes is that actually diagnosis or labeling is very, very complex. Right. It is um, more than just a list of symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. Because a list of symptoms can be all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not skilled at knowing or di- differentiating between them, you can just slap a label on anything. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big misnomer kind of in our society. Like sometimes people are like, they need a label and then sometimes they don't want the label. It's like there's this oh, push yes. and pull. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I am thinking... Um, it's been a while now, but when the DSM was uh, revised this most recent time, the DSM-5 text revision. Right. Um, and now for our listeners that aren't in the United States, the ICD-10 is is very interwoven with mm-hmm. our di- the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Um, there always is a lot of complaint that it's not perfect or people don't like it. It isn't really meant to be the be all end all. You can't read the book and just so then there you go. Now you now that's it. Now you know how to do it. Now that you know, it makes it simple. Mm -hmm. It's so complex. Right. People are dynamic. There's lots Mm -hmm. of things that could cause Mm -hmm. someone to have a certain behavior that maybe isn't. Yeah. Like internal at all. Could be outside things that are causing it. And you're saying there are people who want a label or don't want a label that Mm -hmm. even that part of it. Is yes. layered and complex. Yeah, very complex. Um, or maybe they like part of what the label does for them, but they don't like part the mm-hmm. uh, another part of what right. the label does for right. them. Um, what are I mean? Thinking about the complexity of a label or a diagnosis, can you can you think of what the layers are that that contribute to not just a diagnosis but a label? And when we say label, what can we think of an example of what we're talking about? I mean, I think in supervision, right? We talk. I mean, you and I, I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I call my my baby supervisees or my you know yeah. very green interns yeah. anyway like that. I mean, we are labeling when we do that. Yeah, but it's a way to everyone knows that that means they're early on. Sure, in their things. I think even using counselor as a label oh yeah that that just does not do justice Mm -hmm. to all of the different expertise experience right uh years or days times of experience i mean it's the label just doesn't do it justice right Right. okay um so when you're thinking about a label what are all the layers that might contribute to how you end up labeling somebody i think one might be just your personal experience so oh yeah you are in a situation i worked at a clinic uh, one time where almost every kiddo there that came through had at minimum an adhd diagnosis Mm -hmm. and i i did not like i 
did not like that. It yeah. didn't feel right. It didn't. Yeah. But sure, if you read the list of behaviors, yeah, okay. Like right. we can make that fit. But there was always something else that was under it that was causing it. But did their labels look correct? Sure. But after working there for a while, I started realizing that I was doing it and saying, every kid here has trauma, which mm. probably was mm-hmm. true. But, right. but that at the time was not a um, trauma is popular right now. Right. It was not at the time. Right. So I think it's easy to see once you're kind of immersed in it, you start to think in Mm -hmm. the same pattern as. So environment. Right. Okay. The environment you're in, the environment, the person that's getting labeled is in. Right. Um, We already said year, like time. Mm -hmm. It could be years of experience or year time spent with exposure, maybe Maybe. to something. Um, What about culture? Yeah. Like, um, if we're talking even about the label of using the label of a counselor, calling yourself a counselor, some calling somebody mm-hmm. else a counselor, um, when you, I don't know, how do you, that sounds funny. How do you identify? <laughs> but when, um, like in mixed company or not with me, when somebody <laughs> says, what do you do for a living? Or even like, what do you put on your tax form? What do you call yourself? Do you call yourself a therapist, a counselor? I tend to say something? therapist, I think. I was thinking about it mm-hmm. as you were talking. I was like, I, t- I tend to say therapist. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is a couple of times before I've continued, someone has like either interrupted or said something and they're like, oh, respiratory therapist. Yes. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is that when I say counselor, people often will say, like a financial counselor. Right. And I'm like, that's mm, no, <laughs> no. And that's a weird jump. Or um, in Texas, there is another uh, professional that uses the same acronym LPC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has something to do with um, real estate. Oh, yes. Uh, property something. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Um, so I've said LPC sometimes in situations and people will then fill in right. that what their brain that has. they assume I'm doing something with real estate. <laughs> or I have heard respiratory therapist, which I always think, really? I don't even know that many respiratory <laughs> therapists. That's an interesting application. Because I would think physical right physical or occupational (laughs) it can be all sorts of things or speech but you went to respiratory Mm -hmm. that's interesting okay so people fill in based on their experience what What they they think counselor therapist what what they think that means we're doing Mm -hmm. um i think within our profession that we use those two labels based on our experience Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet you're, yeah, I think that's that right. That I think if I, in a professional setting that I probably say counselor most often, mm-hmm. though I could certainly call myself a therapist, that right. would be allowed. It's the same, yeah. But if I'm, ta- if I'm in a situation related to academics or academia, mm-hmm. I say counselor. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, I think it just depends on the setting right. a little bit. So right. back to environment. Right. So I think so many things kind of go into why our brain mm-hmm. labels something, but then also why other people, I've had, you know, people come in for sessions and they're like, I, I have anxiety. And I'm like, great. Like, who diagnosed you? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, And then yes. they're like, they start talking and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, mm, that sounds more like depression. You know, like I start right. like assessing pretty quickly, but when they come in with an idea of what they already have labeled themselves. Right. I'm. I, that makes me think of two kids and teenagers that I'm dealing with right now, working with, and one 
um, really is connected to their ADHD diagnosis. Oh, okay. And I asked the, the teenager and parents, you know, mm-hmm. like basically who diagnosed you. And the history of that is a teacher said so. Oh. And then we went to the family doctor and said the teacher said so. And now the the do- family doctor prescribes a medication because the teacher, the teacher said, said so. Right. I don't think that kid has ADHD at all. Right. I, mean, I think really, they're. I mm-hmm. think they have anxiety. Yeah. Um, and then I have another kid. It was kind of a fun thing last night. Actually, I was working talking to a teenager, and the teenager perfectly described anxiety. And I said, "You do know that's anxiety, right?" And they said, "Oh, I thought that was stress." Oh. And I said, <laughs> "Well, well okay. I think that's a different. That's a, like another word for mm-hmm. anxiety. For some people, I mean, everybody has some stress, and everybody has anxiety um, to a degree. But I would. This is different. And hit, after talking about it for just a minute or two, he went, "Oh, that changes things." <laughs> Right? That makes so much sense. Why didn't I ever think of it like that? And I mean, just a really a, a paradigm shift for him. Right. To I, think about it in just a slightly different way. Right. I think um, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording today that culture affects so much of what we do. And I said, yeah, anytime 2020 runs a mental health story. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have a slew of yep, whatever it is. Yeah. Could be anything for a while when they were playing around with um, bipolar three or by, yes. you know, oh, well, guess what? <laughs> I feel like I was pretty new out of school where, and may, and this could be very regional or right. um, related to location. But I feel like in the United States, not long after I finished graduate school, everyone was diagnosed uh, young, young kids mm-hmm. were being di- diagnosed with bipolar oh, disorder. Oh, yeah. Ridiculously so. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're just four. Right. Maybe that's just what a four-year-old looks like. Right. Maybe it's okay to have good and bad emotions at the same time mm-hmm. because you're a kid and you're figuring it out. Or that it, for to, <laughs> to have strong emotions that change quickly. Right. Or to make decisions that feel impulsive. Uh, that mm-hmm. all describes right. like a four-year-old. Right. So I think that's important, too, to remember, like, what is feeding you? Like, Mm -hmm. what information, you know, did Mm -hmm. you just finish doing a complete, like, study on something and now you're seeing it everywhere, right? Um, The next uh, point in the article was that labels keep us from seeing people clearly, which also my the kid that I'm working with right now that was so connected to or tied to the ADHD Mm -hmm. diagnosis, and it's really not serving them. It's not helping them to reach um at steps that mm-hmm. might help them or or make it f- make situations more functional from mm-hmm. th- for them that i think it's a mislabel that keeps them from being from seeing themselves clearly from right. their parents or other professionals seeing them clearly but can you think of other examples where a label just keeps us from seeing people i think i have a couple of different experiences where like in a clinic based setting that kids are coming there for a specific reason or adults are coming in for a specific reason. So they might have something, I mean, we can use eating disorders as an example, but they might be coming in for one thing because they believe they have that. And the staff there is oh, is yes. doing that thing. Yes. And then I had a situation recently where my uh, supervisee went, but it's not that it's this. I know it is like very confidently. Like yeah. it is not that. 
And it took a little while for the rest of the team to get on board. But eventually that, you know, client needed to be transferred out to some other level of care. But that's, you know, when you have a label, it blocks sometimes from getting to know all the details. Yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, that's something I think is really important within eating disorder treatment. I think it happens less often, but it still happens. How many times a family doctor sees someone with an eating disorder, but they don't end up diagnosing because that person is male, oh, older, yes. uh-huh. whatever, right. whatever doesn't right. fit, fit the doesn't their, fit normal, what they think the yeah. label is of an eating disorder. But even the more nuanced, which I'm thinking, I know you're a supervisee works in an eating disorder setting. Um, what if you're de- working with someone and it looks like an eating disorder, but the more you look at it, it really is actually OCD. Right. Or right. the other way around. Either way around. Right. You could do both. Um, but wouldn't the the treatment or the steps towards helping that person would just look very different? Mm-hmm. They're not the, they're not incongruent with whatever that mm-hmm. you know program is doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to even when we get clients that come in, and it's important for our supervisees to know that like always do even if they're coming in with what they already are telling you, like do your own assessment. Yeah. Don't. Ooh, what about I? I actually had a good moment in supervision. Maybe it's been a month ago now. Um, where the sup- my supervisee used the word resistant. Okay. Isn't that, mm-hmm. I mean, that by itself is a label. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a cruddy label yeah, like, that I try to get people <laughs> to avoid using. But in my supervision, I said, oh, try and you describe the same thing, but use more words. Instead mm-hmm. of saying resistant, how else could you describe this? And my supervisee was stumped for a second and thought about, you know, like eyes looking right. up and thinking <laughs> kind of stumped and then said, my client is scared. Oh. And I went, oh, that's so different. Oh, that's so good. Right. And right. man, I think you nailed it. And now don't you understand, relate to, know to respond to your client in a different way than if you're calling them resistant. Right. And she, I mean, right. My supervisee was like, oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Makes yep. all the difference. In the yeah. Life. Yeah. That a scared client is different than oppositional or client who's being a jerk right or avoidant right or i mean kind of some negative connotations there scared is very different Mm -hmm. um okay so labels can sometimes keep us from seeing people clearly and then our last point is that a rose by any other name would smell as sweet right how does that relate to labeling or mislabeling people well, I think going back to the very beginning, when we talk about this list, right? When we're supposed to diagnose people with something, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something has to be, they need a sticker that has a name, mm-hmm. but does it really matter if you get to, like, if someone's been misdiagnosed, right? And it is anxiety instead of ADHD and, mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's still, their behaviors are still their behaviors. Right. There's still things that have to, and there, there are certain elements of it that are all the same anyway. Mm-hmm. Somebody's still struggling. Someone still needs to change things in their life. Yeah. So does that mean the label is completely unimportant? No, just it can help guide us the right direction. Uh Or maybe it guides us the wrong direction. That's how we figure it out. Yeah. I think when I'm teaching diagnosis, I will acknowledge that our system of diagnosis is (laughs) not perfect. Correct. Um, And then say that a large part of our system of diagnosis or labeling or Mm -hmm. whatever we want to call it is that it's a way that we can communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. It's still not perfect, but it's our system of communication. So like a rose by any other name could be, I mean, it's a flower and it smells good. 
that actually describes a lot of things. Right. Um, that, you know, so maybe anxiety mm -hmm. versus ADHD, unfocused, fidgety. Right. Could be either of those things. Right. That you're, and you're saying sometimes the description helps you to know what the next step is or helps you to know your action step. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe sometimes the label is just for purpose of communication or right. like helping people know what we're talking about. Right. But the thing that you do is, isn't necessarily always dependent on the label. Right. I think it's also important sometimes to not label it. Or sometimes mm -hmm. I think it, depending on the client and depending on the diagnosis, I think it's important sometimes clients don't know their diagnosis. Yeah. I have a client who I probably would, if I was really pushed to it, would probably label with anxiety as well as an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And at one point they said to me, um, I have an eating disorder. And, mm -hmm. I, and then we talked about it, right. but I also at the, eventually said, and now what difference does that make? Right. Why is that? Do, do you and I do something different now because right. we've talked about this or do you do something different at home because we've now talked about this or actually we were already talking about food in your body mm -hmm. and we were talking about anxious reactions and sometimes those were about food and body, but sometimes they weren't. Um, and I think that client came to a point where they went, well, no, right. I guess we don't. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's great. Mm. But I, th I think it, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet does lend itself towards to what we're saying that, yes, we make mis we'll make mistakes. Right. Right. We're not going to always get it right. Mm -hmm. And our clients won't get it right. Well, is that a lesson for our supervisees that we need to tell them a rose by any other name is smells as sweet. So mm -hmm. if you label with anxiety and you get to know with the person a little bit better and then you change that to something different or something more specific does that right. mean that you totally blew it you messed up not at all that's kind of like part of the process right. part of the process that's what makes you a good di diagnostician mm -hmm. well i think being open to the fact that it can be changed yeah. because it right. is complex right it's very makes complex. you a good di well, diagnostician right. or a good clinician and just because somebody comes in with a label and says i was diagnosed with anxiety when i was 17 and now they're 30 well it doesn't mean that it's anxiety, right? Like their whole, they've had 15 more years behind them. It mm -hmm. may not be anxiety at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a hard lesson for supervisees. It's really hard. That it, we're, we make mistakes and sometimes it's not even a mistake. It's that things change. Mm -hmm. The situation changes. Uh, but the diagnosis is, or labeling is so complex I feel like the last time I taught diagnosis, that was a really hard lesson for, for new counselors to, to learn. Right. Because they really wanted to get it right. Right. But getting it right doesn't mean never changing your mind. Correct. That's hard. Right. Learning to have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that that feels like a big lesson. Um, but Heather and I would love to hear about a time when you gave a label that ended up not being the perfect fit. Uh, we'd also love to hear your ideas about new episodes. Um, and as always, thanks for listening to Supervision with a Vision.